Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. I love sometimes to look at people as, as they approach church, and especially the way people dress. In different places of the world uh, where I've been, some places they just dress to the hilt. And when I was first introduced to church, way back in uh, kind of Sunday school days when I was a child, occasionally my brothers and I would sleep over at my grandparents' place. And Grandpa was a retired colonel in the U.S. Army, and so he was a real disciplinarian, but a really nice guy. He wasn't like a hard, you know, do this. Or, but he did insist that we dressed up for Sunday. He insisted that our shoes were polished, and that was like a real ritual because, uh, you know, 10-year-olds don't usually polish their shoes, but he showed us how to put a spit shine on our shoes. He made sure that our, uh, our pants were ironed so there's no creases in them. And uh, beyond that, our ha- hair had to be slicked back and just right. And uh, we also had to wear a jacket, like a suit jacket, a sports jacket, and a tie. And uh, the reason was because that was just the standard in the Presbyterian church where my grandparents attended, where they were members. So we kind of looked forward to that because it was something different, uh, going to Sunday school and, and, and dressing our Sunday best. And I've called today's message Sunday Best. There's something about the way we approach the house of God, the way we approach Sunday, the way we approach a church service that, that speaks a lot about us. The, the trouble, however, is that we can look our best on the outside, but we can be an absolute mess on the inside. I found myself, not too frequent, thank goodness, but on occasions where uh, I, I really didn't want to show up for church and I'm the pastor. I, I remember uh, doing a healing meeting once and I was going to preach on the power of God. God wants you healed. And I got so sick the night before that I was throwing up and I had a splitting headache that morning and it's like, I can't go to church. <laughs> I just want to stay in bed. But, but it was a healing meeting, and I was the preacher. And it was like, do you really believe this stuff? We're going to find out. I'm amazed, though, that God shows up every single time. I'd get up, I'd preach, everything would go. The headache, the nausea, the whole deal. And then as soon as I was finished, it'd, it'd be like back on again, back to bed again. I remember uh, one time we were doing a, a relationship series, and uh, my whole message was, message was about marriage and how to have a better marriage. And then Gail and I got in a big blue like uh, the night before. <laughs> and it's like, you can't preach on marriage. Look at your marriage. And, and uh, I looked my Sunday best on the outside, but I was my Sunday mess on the inside. Anybody else other than the honest preacher been there before? Okay, a few hands, a few honest people. Uh, but I love the fact that Jesus isn't afraid of my mess. Jesus is not afraid of your mess. He will walk through your mess with you. And, and, and I find that amazing because the king of kings, if anybody should avoid a mess, it should be royalty. He should not be walking through my mess. And sometimes when we come to church, we want to hide the mess. And, and, and I get that. We, we look our best. We dress our Sunday best. We have our best brave face on, our best uh, fake attitude on. How are you going? I'm great. <laughs> well, you're not, actually. You're, you're a mess on the inside. 
but you put that brave front up. But I want to uh, look at someone named Jairus, and we're going to go over to, to uh, Mark chapter 5, and we're going to look at somebody that had an amazing transformation. We're going to look at four things that this man Jairus had to change into. He had to put on, he had to take off his attire, as it were, of, uh, of his position, and he had to change into what looked like his Sunday best. He had to change into God's Sunday best. And these are four things that I believe that we need to appropriate as we look at what is our Sunday best when our whole world is a mess. And so Mark chapter 5, if you want to go with me there. I love, I love how Jesus went from one mess to another mess all the time. In fact, I was thinking about this and I thought, uh, he's our deliverer, and the word deliverer uh, is the word Messiah. And I thought, isn't that interesting how it's Messiah spelled M-E-S-S-I-A. He's our, he's our Messiah. <laughs> and he's been through, uh, before Mark chapter 5, or before what we're going to look at in verse 21, he taught in Mark chapter 4 all day. He, he had Q&A with his disciples. And then he goes, let's, let's go across to the other side. They get in a boat, and it was the messiest situation that these fishermen had encountered. It was so scary. The waves were filling the boat. They thought they were going to die. Uh, they're all soaked all the way to the bone. I don't know if you've ever been out in the water when it's cold. It usually is, and you get wet, and the wind's blowing. And even if it's in the tropics, you're still going to get cold. And these guys were so soaked, they were so terrified by the sea, they get across on the other side to a, a land, a region called the Gadarenes, and here's this guy that shows up. He just pops out there, and he's got a legion, it says, of demons. Now, a Roman legion was between 4,500 to 6,000 uh, soldiers in a, in a garrison. And, and, and here, here's this man that Jesus encounters. He's cutting himself. He's walking around uh, tombstones. He, chains couldn't even hold him. And, and he goes into another messy situation with somebody else's mess, and he delivers this guy. And, and there's enough demons cast out of this, this, this man to set him free that 2,000 pigs go over a cliff. He's been through all this mess I don't know, I would just want to go home to a nice warm bed and just go to sleep and not wake up for a long, long time. But no, they have to go across that same ocean again, that same uh, Sea of Galilee. They have to go across that now back to Capernaum, and that's where we pick him up. He's, he's going from one mess to another mess. In Mark chapter 5, verse 21, it says, when Jesus had again, <laughs> again, crossed over by the boat to the other side of the lake, to yet another mess, I added that bit, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. And when the synagogue rulers, one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus, came there seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and he pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying, please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went. I love that. That that alone, that statement there. So Jesus 
went. I wouldn't want to go. If I was him, it'd be like, I've already had enough messes, none of my own making, I might add, that you guys can just figure this out one uh, for yourself. But Jesus went with him, and a large crowd followed and pressed in about him. Four things Jairus had to change, four things that you'll need to change into for your Sunday best, to bring your Sunday best. These are things that we need to change. And number one is our approach. Our approach. As I was uh, doing some research about this particular setting and what was going on here, uh, it's amazing how, how vivid and vibrant and how descriptive the Greek language is and how we can miss so much when we uh, just skim over this. But he, he gets out of a boat, and it wasn't just a crowd, like a few people kind of standing there back from the shore uh, waiting to talk to him. No, it was a, a multitude. It was a large crowd, several thousands of people, tens of thousands probably, desperate people. Each one of them has their own mess. And Jesus gets out of the boat, and, and because of this crowd, he really doesn't get out of, of the shoreline where the waves are hitting. It's, it's, it's still wet where he's at. He hasn't really, uh, they don't make room for him to, oh, part the crowd, let, let the Messiah uh, get on some dry land, let him, let him get up on a mountain and sit down and have a break. No, no, no. They're pushing him back into the sea. This multitude of people keeps him on the shoreline where his garment's getting wet. He's already been through a storm, like I said. He's already cast the demon out of this madman and these pigs going over a cliff. And, and he's probably, you know, his hair's probably disheveled and, and his, and, and his uh, garment is soiled and it's, it's, it's soaking wet. And here he stands on that shoreline and he's looking at a sea of not just people singing Hosanna, not just a fan base or a fan club, but thousands of desperate people back in the day where they, you couldn't just go and go to your GP. Oh, I got a bit of a sniffle. I think I'll just go to the hospital, see what's going on. Can't do that much anymore here either. But, uh, you know, he, he, he's, he's standing there looking at thousands of messes. I don't know how God does it. He's omniscient. He's also omnipresent. I wouldn't want to be omnipresent, which means that he knows each one of us and the hairs on our head or the lack of hair on, on some of our heads. Uh, he, he's the one that, that has to face up and, shut, and front up with each one of us in our own individual messes. And he's standing there on the shoreline and enters this man, Jairus. Now I want you for a moment to grab a hold of Jairus and his situation. This is a man that's used to people coming to him. He's a ruler in their synagogue. He's a man that's dressed with all the pomp and, and, and has all the ceremony of a religious ruler. I don't know if you've ever been to uh, some of the places where, like the Greek Orthodox Church or the Catholic Church or something, where, you know, they just dress up Jewish leaders today. This, this guy's got, like, this amazing attire on. He's, 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 he's a sight to see. And, 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 and the crowd has to part when he's coming through the crowd. They have to part for Jairus is coming through. He's a ruler. You don't cross him. He's like kind of like a religious mafia member, if you will. He's got power. The, the Jewish church back then in the synagogue in Capernaum and, and the ruler of that, he was not just some, uh, oh, yeah, it's just good old Pastor Ed. No, 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 no. You, you would bow down to him. He was a man of, of position and power. 
So he clears the way to get to Jesus. But his approach couldn't be what it used to be. He had to have another Sunday best on. Some of us aren't getting uh, what, what really what we need to get to to God because our approach is wrong. We expect well, God's going to do it. He'll just come to me. I don't need to come to God. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do that. Well, you're wrong. You've got to change from what was your Sunday best. You've got to put something else on, and it's a new approach. And this man has to change into a new approach. He, he's able to get through the crowd all right because people have to obey him. But he's got a daughter, and he's desperate because his daughter is going to die. Just to leave her bedside alone would have been a major, major adjustment for this man. I, I, if I had a loved one that was going to die and they're on the brink of death, I don't think I would want to leave the bedside. I would stay there just in case. But he knows that the only solution that he has, i got to get to God. i got to get to the Messiah. I've got to get to the Deliverer. I've got to get to this man that I've heard raises the dead. I've got, I've got to push my way through. I've got to do whatever it takes to get to him. His approach had to be bold. It had to be something that he had never done before. So he gets down to the shoreline. He gets to where Jesus is. And he does something. He is not used to, you just don't do this, uh, a man of his stature and position. And he throws himself, prostrates himself, just falls to the ground, to the feet of Jesus, and begs, my little daughter is sick even unto death. Would you come and heal her? Sometimes our approach is so full of pride. It, it's so sanitized. It, it's so stitched up with uh, position. When we come to church, it's like we got our Sunday best, our, our best fake on, but we're not. That doesn't cut it, my friends. There's a, there's, the, you know, there's a place where, where, where you need to get real, and that's certainly the house of God. When you come to church on Sunday, this is your place, where this is your space where you can drop the pretense, Pull off your religious facade, smile, all the rest of it, and just get real with God and have an encounter with God. Are you here to meet the living God, or are you here to impress people? I remember when I was attending different churches uh, after I became a Christian, I, uh, I wasn't impressed by the pretense. That really did not impress me. I saw so much fake and so much pretense. <laughs> that it kind of turned me right off. I thought, I'm just used to real. I, you know, the people I partied with and, uh, you know, the people in my life, even at work, uh, was, we, we, they were real, you know. They'd let out big, F, long, you know, swear words and pretty well tell you where it was at. Then I came to church and it just seemed like, just so fake. But then when I, when I answered the call and God said, I want you to go and pastor, like, like, nah, I can't do that. I, I can't do fake. I can't just put my Sunday best on and get my, my teeth all white, maybe get them all capped and, you know, tell funny jokes and then go home. It's like, no, 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 no. I can't do that, God. You got the wrong guy. Like, I, I don't do fake. I don't do Sunday best impress everybody. It's got to be real or, or forget it. I'm not, I'm not in it. God said, I want you to do real. Real is what I'm looking for. 
Because real power cannot be displayed through pretense. Real power takes real people that are willing to take a real approach to God and to prostrate themselves in humility and, and, and drop the, the pride. And so when, I, when, I, when we started City Church, I knew something had to shift. I look at Jairus. He had every reason not to approach God. He had pride, and, and it was inconvenient, and, and even the fear, what are these people going to think when they see me, the ruler, the one that's been pretending all this time, throwing himself down at this man who's really an enemy of us Pharisees? I think we don't sometimes see what was going on behind the scenes, but these men were threatened by Jesus. They, they did not want to acknowledge him. They were looking for ways, which they eventually found, to put him on a cross. He had to change his approach. Now Jesus wasn't going to come to him. He had to crawl to Jesus, and so he comes boldly. His Sunday best now is to throw himself at the throne of grace. The Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace in time of need. Some of you just aren't getting what you, uh, what you really want for, as far as your experience with God because you're too busy being a thermometer instead of a thermostat. You're too busy measuring the temperature and looking at all, all, all the other people that are out there instead of setting the temperature with your attitude. God doesn't do pretense. He doesn't do fake. He's as real as it gets. And Jairus is desperate. He's got his best ask on. Your best ask is expectation. It's, it's I'm desperate. I'm desperate for God. Bring your Sunday best. Number two, if you're going to change, you need to change into your posture. His best posture was prostrate. His former posture, Jairus, was upright. Come to me, approach my throne. Now, I'm going to prostrate myself. My Sunday best, sometimes my Sunday best is just showing up. I'll be honest with you. It's just, okay, I'm going to get dressed up. I'm going to put one foot in front of the other and get down there. And, and, and Jairus has adopted a posture that was so different from his stature and his status. He once stood with pride, a man of stature. Now he's looking up at Jesus. Now his robes are soiled because the water now has hit his, his robes, the, the, the sand, the, the, the whole beach scene now, and the crowd pushing in because they're not going to let him just has, have his way. They're greedy. People, when they get desperate, they, they, they think in terms of what's in it for me? i got to get mine. And here he's surrounded by all these people. As soon as they see him hit the deck at Jesus' Jesus's feet, they're probably thinking, okay, this guy now, he's not, gonna, he's not going to usurp authority over us. He's now prostrated himself. This isn't the great Jairus that we're used to. We, we now can just push in even harder. So the big shot now, he becomes a, a humbled shot. He's, 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 he's like them. He realized his position in life is not going to save his daughter. Sometimes our posture needs to change so that we don't get injured. I remember uh, I've got some doctor friends, and they were looking at me, and one of them piped up and said, your, your posture's really bad. This is a few years back. They said, you're, you're, you're hunched over. I was getting pretty bad headaches. I had some uh, neck problems. Eventually uh, needed an operation. I was just in a lot of pain. And When you're in pain and you're trying to avoid that pain, for me it was like a hunched, hunched over thing. I, uh, 
you know, I knew, I knew it, but they pointed that out. And then I went to physio, and they said, your posture has to change. You, we've got to get you doing some exercise on your back so it pulls your shoulders back and so that you can stand up. It hurts to hunch. It hurts to be bent over with any kind of pain. And, and, and this man, Jairus, he, he had this posture, but it was pumped up with pride, like I said, out of his position, whereas Jesus wants to get you into another posture. Your Sunday best has to be not just pretense, not just position, not, not just this posture that, uh, of everybody coming to me, but it's got to be this, this posture of I'm going to stand up straight in God even if I'm prostrate before men. I'm going to reposition myself I'm going to change out of what was Sunday best into this Sunday best. And so his posture had to, had to change. I remember uh, going to Vietnam one time, and we were uh, planting uh, this Bible college there. We donated some money to help uh, these people in Vietnam. It's a communist country. Get a Bible college. And, uh, and we were down near the water, some of the people from the church here, myself. And we were watching these women unload a coal ship. And they were doing it by hand. And they had two big baskets with a pole between the baskets. And they go in, and somebody there, they're just black. They were just covered in coal dust. And they would work a 12-hour day, seven days a week. They'd be down there unloading these coal barges by hand. And uh, it was amazing. I thought, I wonder how much each of those, those two big baskets on either side, and these women were, were small, they weren't big. And, and I thought, I wonder how much that weighs. And very graciously, they let, uh, let me have a go at it. I couldn't lift it. I got, tried to get under it, and uh, you know, I'm just too tall for what they were doing to, to lift these big, heavy baskets of coal. It was so heavy that I, I thought, man, I'll, I'll hurt my back if I keep doing this. Some of our posture when it comes to church, when it comes to approaching God, when it comes to being real, our Sunday best, some of our posture needs to change. Some of you are injured in church because you've got, a, you've got poor posture in the way that you're approaching God, in the way that you're approaching a worship service. Your posture has to change. And your posture will change so much. When, when God's looking for people that would adopt a different posture because the posture of pride will kill you. Pride has no, pay, no place in the presence of the king. You cannot come to church and expect to get anything out of a worship service where we're here to worship God, where, we're, where God wants to meet your needs, but you've got the posture of pride. You see, you can walk as a somebody alone, or you can walk with him as a nobody. And, and, and you will get something from the somebody that, you, that we come here to worship. You'll either uh, please men and small-minded people and people that you're trying to impress, or your posture will help you to walk with God. And Jairus had to start to walk with God. He had to stand up straight in God. Jairus means this. It means God will enlighten. God enlightened him to something. Number three, to bring your Sunday best, you've got to let Jesus change. Number three, your attitude. Look at Mark 5.25. And a woman was there. This man's desperate. He's, he's, he's hit 
He's face down begging, would you come, Jesus? You've got to come. This is, this is urgent. If we don't get there soon, she's going to be dead. And he's done everything. He's got a different approach. His Sunday best now has changed. His posture now totally changed. And then it says, a woman. A woman was there. Sometimes we forget that we're not the only ones. Sometimes it's easy to come to church and think, well, I'm the only one that has a need. God touched me. And then we find out there's dozens of other people that have needs that, that some of them are more critical than the mess that we're facing. And this woman could have easily been a speed bump for him. His attitude could have easily been, woman, you got a problem, I got a problem, I'm a ruler, don't you understand who I am? You can just leave the Messiah alone right now, you can just go because he's coming with me and I want this crowd cleared out. He's probably got his security kind of people to walk with him and to clear the crowd. Coming through, Jairus, coming through, ruler, coming through, get out of the way. No, his attitude had to change. There was a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. 12 is a number, three times four, three being divinity and four being uh, the earth. It's a rulership number uh, in the earth. And, and it's interesting because this woman has had this issue that made her life a terrible mess. She was bleeding. She was unclean. She wasn't able to go to the synagogue where Jairus would be. She wasn't even allowed in the place because of her, her bleeding. She was considered to be unclean. But it's interesting that she's, she's had this 12 years, the exact uh, number of the age of Jairus' daughter, 12 years old. We'll find that later. But she suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors. Doctors back then weren't what doctors are today. It spent all she had. So she's broke, she's still sick, she's desperate, she has got a mess. Her Sunday best is crawling, trying to just touch the hem of Jesus' garment. She's well and truly past trying to impress anybody. She's used to being on her hands and knees just begging. Instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, oh, there's such good news. I, I hope that, it, that you're here this morning and you're still celebrating that you've heard about Jesus and that you'll tell other people about Jesus, how, how good he is, how he still delivers today. He still heals today. He still answers prayer today. He still walks through messes today. And when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt her body, that she was freed from suffering. Once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, he turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my clothes? His insight, verse 31, you see the people crowded against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear. She told him the whole truth. He said to her, 
daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Think about Jairus now and how happy would you be for this woman if it weren't for the fact that you've got a daughter that's about to die waiting at home and if you don't get him quickly, you've dialed nine, uh, sorry, triple zero and, uh, you know, you want that ambulance there, but where are they? They're, they're just not showing up. Like, what is going on here? And we've got to get this thing moving. His attitude has to, has to change because your attitude creates your atmosphere. It's something that aviation people know. Pilots know this, that usually, unless there's a stall, usually if the airspeed's right, if the nose is up on the plane, you're climbing. If the nose is down, guess what? You're probably descending. And the atmosphere of faith that, that, that needs to be garnered into this situation, a lot of that atmosphere is going to be dependent upon Jairus' attitude. Is he going to keep his nose up or is he going to put his nose down? Is he going to drop into despair and get angry and start yelling at this woman and everybody else in the crowd, get his henchmen to clear the way, whatever it takes kind of a thing? Or is he going to keep a good attitude? He, he's, he's tired. He's there. He's being crushed. But I think about Jesus. Jesus, like I said, he's been through one mess, mess after another. He's tired. He's crushed. Yet he keeps on going. Because attitude creates atmosphere. Your attitude is your, it's your settled way of thinking. You, you, you bring an attitude everywhere you go. You bring an attitude to church. You bring an attitude to school. You bring an attitude to your home, to your marriage. You can come with an attitude of doubt, unbelief, complacency, or you can come with faith and thanksgiving. And you can come with pride or you can come with humility. I, I, uh, I like to think about Sunday is my opportunity to climb out of whatever, whatever it is that I'm in that I need to climb out of. But i got to get my nose up. So you can come in here depressed. And you can keep your nose down and you'll walk out of here depressed. You, you can come in here discouraged and you can just blab about discouragement and everything else and, and, and you're going to walk out of here just as discouraged as when you came in. You can come in here with no hope for your situation and why doesn't God answer prayer and is God even hurt? Is there even a God? Or you can come in with your nose up and say there is a God. I'm here to worship Him. I'm here to meet with my Creator. I'm here to meet with my Healer. I've got an expectation that something is going to happen today. Something good is going to happen today because God is in His house. You can come in here with your nose down or your nose up, and it's very much going to determine whether you're going to rise to a high atmosphere or you're going to stay in a lower atmosphere. See, God will take us to His atmosphere, to the highest atmosphere, to heavenly places. So that he can then send us into low atmospheres. Why? To change that atmosphere. The reason for church, I just don't believe, you know, why you don't have to go to church. Blah, 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 blah. You hear me say this every time. You're a knucklehead. Because <laughs> church is where you get to go to a high atmosphere through worship. You get to meet with the king, but your nose has to be up expecting something is going to happen in this place. I don't have to have somebody from the front tell me to raise my hands and lift my voice. My voice is up. My hands are up. Why? Because my nose is up, and I'm expecting something from God. Otherwise, might as well not show up. Why bother? 
They're going to do it. Put your Sunday best on. And I'm not talking about suit and tie. I'm talking about attitude of the heart. Show up with an expectation and get your nose up and watch what God will do. He'll take you to a high atmosphere somewhere where something is going to happen, depression, negativity, unbelief, and discouragement. All of those things have to drop away. See, Sunday is the time to equalize. You know, what does that mean? I started diving several years ago, and Gail and I did a diving course. I'm not going to go into what happened in the pool, the diving course, but uh, something in the pool, anyway. She's going, yes, good, don't tell that story anymore. When I thought it was Gail, and it wasn't Gail, anyway. Yeah. We'll stay away from that one, but... Uh, No. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I can never equalize. And, you know, I go for the dive, and, and with atmospheres, it's like 14.7 psi pounds per square inch is what, where, where you're at right now, roughly sea level. That's how much a column of air all the way up to the high atmosphere, uh, one inch. Squares hitting is pushing on your body right now at 14.7 pounds per square inch. But when you go under the water for every 10 meters roughly that you go down, you double and triple that atmosphere. So at 10 meters depth with a column of water, it's pushing upon you at 14.7 uh, uh, psi. And so for me, I dive down and then my ears would just like somebody's just stabbing my ears. It was just excruciating pain, so I thought I'll never be able to dive. And somebody said, no, you need to equalize. Just put your head under the water, like just under, and then blow, you know, pinch your nose and blow and, and, and let the air pressure in your, in your e ears go in there and, and create this equalization. And I realized something, that, that heaven and approaching God and going into the high worship of God and praising God is your time to equalize with heaven. It's, it's a time for you to get the pressure, the, 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 the presence of God, if you will, on the inside of you, stronger than the oppression and the depression and all the pressures that come upon you in life. It's your time to equalize with heaven, not to be bound by this earth and bowed down under the pressure of this earth. Sunday's the time to equalize to heaven's atmosphere. So I started learning how to dive, and that could go down to 60 feet. It didn't really matter. Every day we walk through atmospheres with different pressures, all, all the heavy and the stress and, and despair and everything else. But heaven is full of faith and hope and love. To stop that crushing you, you need to equalize and ascend into God's heaven to make sure the atmosphere is strong on the inside of you. That's what church, that's what it means to bring your, your Sunday best. And then number four, before I ask the team to come up, to bring your Sunday best, you've got to let Jesus change your awareness. Jesus was always aware of the atmosphere that was around him and what was going on. Sometimes we miss it. I like what uh, Jacob, when he uh, encounters 
the stairway to heaven, nothing to do with Led Zeppelin, but you know, he puts his head down on a rock, falls asleep, and he sees angels ascending and descending. And he says, surely, surely, this is the house of God. The presence of God is here. He, he becomes aware of something. In verse 35, Mark 5, while Jesus was still speaking, some men came to the, from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Now about then, I would have given up. I probably would have switched out of Jesus' Sunday best with the approach, the attitude, the atmosphere, all of that. Probably the posture would have gone back. Something would have, you know, what's the point? Sometimes we, we hit that what's the point point way too early. We give up. You've got to stay close to God in the fray. You've, you've got to push in with him. You've got to keep your eyes on, on Jesus as you walk through the crowd of negativity and naysayers and, and, and opinions of people. As you walk through that crowd and, and all of those forces pushing in uh, upon you and you get news, you, you might as well just quit. He gets this news. And, 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 and yet, Jesus says this, verse 36, ignoring what they said. I think there's a lot in that. You, you know, we need to just ignore some of the stuff that's going down. I don't want to hear it. Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. That's, that's your one job in life. Before we were called Christians, we were called believers. And, and so what are you? I'm a believer. That's it. My job is to believe. When I come to church, it's to get the atmosphere, like I said, equalized to heaven so I can believe anything is possible. And, and he did not, just as Jesus, he didn't let anyone follow him except Peter, James, John, the brother of James. Look at who wasn't there. Thomas. Thomas is not allowed in. Thomas is the doubter. Verse 38, when they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion. They used to hire professional wailers back then with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and he said to them, why all this is Jesus talking? Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. See, in God's economy, death is just sleep. But they laughed at him. And he put them out. He took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him. And he went in there where the child was. And he took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kom, which means little girl, I say, get up. Immediately the girl stood up, walked around. She was 12 years old. This, they were completely astonished. They gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this. He told them to give her something to eat. Are you aware that even right now that you're in the presence of the king? And it's not just because you're in church. I believe church is a time where we can purposely become more aware because we create something to help us become more aware that we are in the presence of royalty right now. And having that awareness so that we don't just approach church is some kind of a social gathering or some optional extra thing in our life. We're going to do it whenever we desperately need them. Other than that, give it a big wide berth and a miss. There's other things to be doing on a Sunday. But we acknowledge him above all else, staying close to him, because the atmosphere that, we, that we're 
that we really want is called presence. It's the presence of God. It's the presence of the King when our attitude is right. It's the King who comes, but He, but he won't come where He's not welcome. And, and one of the things that I purposely do on Sunday, kind of taking again that word uh, welcome, is I say, welcome. Well, come. Welcome. Well, I need healing. He wants to make you well. So wellness, come. I, I need to welcome him into my house. Jairus welcomed him into his house, and his little girl received a double miracle. Whatever the disease or whatever it was that caused her to, to die, she was healed of that, and she was raised from the dead because she welcomed the presence of God into her life. Sometimes we don't go to the highest atmosphere that we can, and so these things, doubt and unbelief and discouragement and sickness and, and, and poverty, all these things, they, they thrive in lower atmospheres. I've told this story before. Uh, some time ago, I read about a pilot named Hanley Page. And Hanley Page was flying over a part of uh, central kind of Panama called the Darien Jungle near the Amazon. He's flying his plane all by himself. It's, it's just a small plane, and he hears this noise. He recognized the noise. It's a crunching sound that a rat is chewing on the cable of the plane. If that cable breaks, if that rat gets through the cable, he's going to crash in the jungle. There's nobody there that's going to save him, rescue him. It's just a canopy of trees everywhere. So he does what he knows to do. He puts the, the plane into a climb. He puts the nose up on the plane. He starts to ascend because he knows that rats can't live in higher atmospheres. Whatever it is right now, that rat in your life, it can't live. If you put the nose up, if you get your attitude right, if you will, will have a different approach to God when you, when you come on Sunday, make your Sunday best something different than just your outward attire, that, that you are here to meet with the King, that you are here to go to a higher atmosphere, that you are going to reposition yourself, your posture right now. So he gets the nose up and he starts to climb and climb and he can hear this crunching and then pretty soon, the crunch, crunch, crunch stops. And he knows the that there's a dead rat. Finally, he lands at whatever airport it was, Panama, I think it was. He lands his plane, climbs out of his seat, goes to the back of the airplane and looks. And there next to a cable that was just one strand of metal away from being completely chewed through is a dead rat. The atmosphere killed it. Some of us need to go to the highest atmosphere. In fact, we're going to do that right now here at this church. I'd like you all to stand with me if you could. I'd like the worship team to come up here. We've just got a few minutes here, and I, I want to take advantage of, uh, of, of, of the word that's been preached. Are you aware of the presence of God that's in the house of God right now? 
As we stand here, I do want to ask you, have you asked Jesus Christ into your heart? Because that's the game changer that will change everything. Would you drop the pride? Would you drop the pretense? Would you get real with God right now? Would you give God a chance to give you a brand new heart? That's what salvation is all about. So if you'd like to pray this prayer with me, it would be my honor just to pray so that you can ask Jesus into your heart right now. If you want to, we're all going to pray this together, even if you've asked him in your heart. Let's just support the people around us. The proof that you've actually made this decision is that you'll follow him. You can pray a prayer and never follow him, and it doesn't really mean a whole lot, but if you pray this prayer, you will follow him. You will be at church on Sunday. You'll, you'll get disciple. You'll grow in him. You'll get a Bible. We'll give you one out in the foyer. Uh, would love to help you get to know Jesus. So if that's you and you're here right now, I'd like every head bowed in this place. And if you're watching on YouTube, uh, thank you for subscribing to our YouTube channel. Share that with friends because more people need to hear uh, the good news. But let's just pray right now. Say this after me. Say, Dear God, I thank you for sending your son to come into my mess. Jesus, I thank you. I give you my heart. I'll follow you from this day forward. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.